Bom dia, boa tarde. Welcome to another episode of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. I'm your guest host, John Neves, back here again to talk about my favorite subject, your favorite subject, and that is, of course, Portuguese soccer, Portuguese football, whatever word you use in your part of the world. Episode 182, a bit of a rough week. Uh, you know, a lot to talk about in this episode, a lot. I've got a lot of notes here. First off, the woman... So, so close, hitting the post in the World Cup. Vitoria Guimarães eliminated. It's only, they were eliminated on August the 3rd. Very disappointing. We continue to have disappointment in Europe. What is that all about? Next week, we have a busy week of football. We've got Tuesday, Braga playing their first uh, match in, Euro in uh, Champions League qualifying. We got the Super Cup on Wednesday. And then next Thursday, Aroca starts qualifying for the Europa Conference League. I'll talk a little bit about those matches, including a Super Cup preview. Talk about next week's Week 1 schedule. Gonzalo Ramos looks like he's going to PSG. I'm not surprised. I've talked about this, and uh, I thought perhaps this would happen a little bit later in the summer. But it looks like it'll happen, may even happen by the time uh, you start hearing uh, this episode. Shermiti. What is going on? Why is Sporting selling Shermiti? Uh, I talked about this in my last episode. Uh, it's got to be probably related to finances, but uh, it, this is a surprise, and I hope he doesn't follow the path of some other players that have been sold, I thought, too young and didn't uh, pan out. And also got an update on TV rights, uh, especially in North America. I think you're going to want to uh, listen. So again, welcome to episode 182, Reviewing previewing and giving you my opinions on the Portugal as well as Portuguese players and managers abroad. And we'll start off first uh, by talking about the Women's World Cup. Um, I was up, got up, uh, I was watching the match three o'clock in the morning, my time. I have a lot of respect, let me tell you, for people in Australia, New Zealand, and in Asia that get up in the middle of the night to watch European football. It is tough. Um, it was tough, but a very good match by Portugal. They held their own. And what did I say last week? What did I say last week? I said two things Portugal need to do to win. One, score early to kind of let the USA know they mean business. Or try to keep it 0-0 late and score the winning goal with a few minutes left. And 90 plus two minutes, Portugal hits the post. Painful for the followers of Portugal, uh, agony for the USA at that moment, but Portugal hits the post so close. It's been a year of first, first World Cup qualifying, first World Cup win. They've been setting attendance records every single time they play. They scored their first World Cup goal. I could go on and on. It's all been about first this, first that. And had Portugal upset the USA, it would have been one of the biggest upsets in World Cup history. Uh, my understanding is the USA women have never been eliminated in the group stage. It would have woken up people who always think about the men to think about start thinking about the women seriously, and it would have gotten the women a much higher rating in Uenka. And they came so I mean, think about how excruciating it is to hit the post and come that close and. It was tough, and I was watching this game. It's a tough game to watch whenever Portugal and USA play. I was watching it. I was mesmerized by the fact that the USA didn't play better, 
And even though the U.S. was still a little bit better, Portugal held on. And it's a credit to Portugal. The, the Federation, I've been always very complimentary about the Federation, their marketing, how popular the Sailor Song is. Uh, Robert Mar Roberto Martinez seems to be doing a great job so far with the national team. Roller hockey, the under levels, although we had some disappointment with, you know, such as the under 19, under 21, at least we're competing in these championships. But the Federation's done a great job, and they've done a particularly very good job with the women who came back to Portugal to an amazing welcome, much like the men did in 2016. Even the Portuguese Air Force showed up to say hello to them with one of their fighter planes. Uh, so it's a great time for women's football in Portugal. If you have a daughter in Portugal that plays, this is a tremendous time. Things were much different 10 or 20 uh, years ago. So that was very tough. Congratulations to the USA advancing. A lot of question marks. They've been questioned a lot, even by former players. Uh, it's not going to get easy, but I wish them the very best, and I'll be rooting for them the rest of the way, of course. Uh, Vitoria, already eliminated from European competition, and it's only the day they were eliminated was August the 3rd. Um, score four, girl, four goals in Slovenia. Okay? Score four goals in Slovenia, come home, and can't score any and go out on penalty kicks. I've talked so many times. Look, I'm not trying to be annoying when I repeat things that I say before, but I did say that the problem a lot of times with our fifth and sixth place clubs, and I saw it in a bunch of comments uh, that I put on Twitter, basically asking the question, what has happened to Portuguese clubs in Europe? And some of them repeated what I've been saying, that you've been thinking the same thing, that the top four are always strong, they make big sales, they refill, but they keep a lot of their best players. But once you get out of the top four, the rest of those clubs are selling a lot of their better players. They have no choice. Look at Roca. Roca plays next week. They lost João Basu and Anthony in the same week. João Basu went back to Brazil, big deal in Santos, and Anthony went to the Portland Timber of Major League Soccer. And you would think, you know, the way people, Portuguese think about MLS, that a player wouldn't want to leave Portugal to go play in MLS when he could be uh, helping his club in Europe. But yet the player left because financially it's a strong opportunity to go to MLS. So he sold. And Aroca now, next week, is our other hope. We've never qualified for the Europa Group stage. We already got one team eliminated, and we need uh, Portuguese clubs to be in Europa, first of all, for the first time ever, but two... We need as many Portuguese clubs in Europe playing in the group stage to help us get some points because right now we are trending in the wrong direction. We're not careful. Belgium's going to pass us soon. Okay? Holland already did that. We are too far from France. And here we are. But Vitoria couldn't score at home. Fantastic crowd again. The fourth best supported club in Portugal after the big three, even bigger than Braga. Over 18,000. I'm sure a lot of them were visiting immigrants. And they just couldn't do it, and they lost in PKs, and nothing went right for them. And a very, very disappointing result uh, for Portugal. So hopefully next Tuesday when Braga plays, the runner-up team from Serbia, they take care of business. Hopefully Aroca next Thursday, they play their first leg at home against Braun of Norway. Norwegian teams are tough. Norwegian teams are tough. And uh, we don't have it easy. And I don't care if you think we're that good. We seem to be judged on our young players instead of 
our results. People get too excited about our young players, but not necessarily our football. Let's forget about that stuff. Portuguese clubs have to get on the pitch, and they have to take care of business, which is winning, and forget about all the other stuff that maybe some of the players are paying attention to with the market. I know it's tough. They try and do what's best for them, but it's tough, and it's disappointing. It's disappointing that we already have one club that's already been eliminated, and I just think that that is really, really bad. Um, but that's the way it goes. Uh, Braga next Tuesday, a big match uh, at home against Baka Topola of Serbia. Serbian teams are tough. Braga making big moves. Uh, I'm going to talk about that in the second half of this episode. Um, they, of course, signed Ronnie Lopes this week. Ronnie Lopes, look. He's not necessarily a game changer like Abruma or Ricardo Huerta, and some would say he's a disappointment if he's coming back to Portugal. But at the end of the day, Rani Lopes is still a good pickup. He's still going to help. He obviously wants to pay in the Champions League, which I think played a big part in him coming back to Portugal. I think, in my opinion, that Braga has a real opportunity, but they got to win that third leg. they got to go to the Champions League. we got to have four teams in the Champions League. One would argue maybe Braga would be better off in Europa, that perhaps at the group stage they would get more points. True, but I think Braga really needs that European money to make them better down the road. Uh, Braga has to win that first leg. They've got to score goals. They cannot expect to be going to Serbia and having it easy. It is going to be very tough. We didn't take the Slovenia team very seriously, like what they did to Gimenez. You know, when you're playing these teams in the Europa Conference League from these smaller countries or countries that don't have a bigger reputation, sometimes you're playing the second or best, third best team in that country. You know, you're not necessarily maybe playing like their fifth or sixth place team, like they're playing our fifth and sixth place team. You're playing a team that's a little bit better than that. It's just that their ranking isn't very strong because maybe only their top two teams do pretty decent. Um, but Braga needs to take care of business. They And I'll talk about them in the second half of this episode. Well, again, when I talk about them and do they have a, a, the ability to compete. Um, but I think this Braga match on Tuesday is much watch. I think the first leg is so very, very important. The Super Cup is on Wednesday. Again, for those that ask me, why is the Super Cup not that very first August weekend of the year? That's because in case you've been living under a rock, Portugal, the Pope is in Portugal, World Youth Day. Over 1 million people have come to Portugal. So the clubs decided not to do anything big this weekend. Uh, Lisbon, the whole south, as you could imagine, everything is open 24 hours a day. Transportation, for what I've been told. Uh, it is a, a, a beehive of activity in Lisbon, which is going to help out the economy. And, of course, uh, you should follow it if you're not. But, if um, you know, that is why they're playing on August the 9th to avoid uh, a very uh, big weekend in Lisbon with regard to the Pope and the 1 million people that are visiting around the world to see the Pope and Fatima. But uh, the Supercar, which by the way, will be recorded, and I'll talk a little bit about TV rights later on in the second half of this episode. Uh, you can watch this on RTP International. I've gotten a lot of questions from people outside of Portugal. If you get RTP International, you're in good shape to watch it next Wednesday at 12, 20.45. And here's my preview. Let me give you my preview now for this. Um, a lot of people are panicking because Benfica lost their last two preseason matches. I know Bra uh, Porto also didn't necessarily end the preseason, although they did beat Braga in a closed-door match. 1-0, uh, but they did lose uh, to Wolves. A lot of people thought that uh, Porto could have been a little bit better in the preseason. But I think for me... 
what I'm expecting in this match is I'm expecting a lot of emotion. I'm expecting players, 50-50 balls, to really go at it with each other. But I think for me, I'm not going to give a prediction, although if I had, was forced to, I would say right now, even though Benfica has done all these signings, they are still one big puzzle trying to put it all together. Porto has only improved themselves uh, through Navarro and Nico Gonzalez, but they still have a lot of everybody else coming back. Diego Costa is basically healthy after getting injured. The bottom line is, is that if you go into this match, the team that probably is better you know, in terms of the players on the pitch having spent a lot of time with each other, is probably Porto. But Benfica's got all this talent, a great midfielder in Cochu. They got Di Maria, who's going to look to score. He would love nothing better than to score against Porto. But Benfica did lose Gonzalo Ramos. Again, it hasn't officially happened when I press record on this, and you listen to it and it's dropped. But that's the report, and that's going to be a tough one. On the other hand, Petar Musa has been playing pretty well. But I think at the end of the day, in my opinion, I will say that this is going to be a match where there'll be two or three goals scored. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a 3-2 score. All right, you're going to force me to predict. I would say probably right now, I'm going to, I would probably say Porto would have the advantage only because of their synergy on their team with all their talents. But if Benfica wins, I could see Benfica winning by a few goals because I think Benfica could be that strong this year. But losing Gonzalo Ramos is going to be very tough to overcome. Uh, there's talk about getting the Mexican from Fire Nude, uh, Gimenez. But obviously, if he gets signed, he's not going to be ready to play in time. So uh, that's just my opinion. I think Navarro is going to play a big factor here. Uh, that would be very big for Porto, one of their biggest signings, scoring. And of course, Nico Gonzalez, who's never won a trophy, uh, according to the news media. I guess we're talking at any level. First match for Porto has a chance to win a trophy. But I'm expecting a great match, a typical Clásico. And let's be honest with you, I think that's what we want to see. We want to see a very, very good uh, Clásico. Uh, moving along, reviewing, of course, I've told you about Aroca. They will be playing next Thursday against Braun of Norway. They lost João Basu and Anthony. They've already lost a, a few other big players. They did keep their very good Uruguayan goalkeeper, last I saw. But uh, Aroca is the last player to keep our hopes alive. Uh, League Cup update took place uh, last weekend. Um, not really any surprises uh, in terms of the League Cup. Um, unfortunately, my page that I had it up shut down. So let me go ahead and bring it back up. Okay, here we go. But uh, we saw Avj advance beating Vizela. We saw Fadent beat Oliverance. A very good match that was played in the Lisbon region on Saturday night. Esterul Praia. Uh, defeated Belenenses 5-1 and a very good match for Estrela, of course. But um, we saw Les uh defeat Portimonense, a second division club, eliminating a first division club, Portimonense, on penalty kicks. We saw Nacional, second division, beating newly promoted Lady in the second division, 5-4 on penalty kicks. We saw Casapia beat. They upset my, they beat my team, Villa Verdense, last week. This week they beat my other favorite team in the second division, Turien. So thank you very much, Casapia, for nothing. But Kazepi advances to continue. And then, of course, Aroca beat Riwav. Aroca, uh, of course, playing that match, getting ready. Uh, good result for them to get ready. Um, only one match left to be played to decide the second round um, before they start going to the draw coming up soon. And that's Vitoria Guimaraj after the disappointment. Uh, they'll only play this match on September the 9th against Tundela. 
But Vitoria Guimarães, again, starting off the season in a very, very uh, poor uh, fashion. Uh, let's talk about Liga news. And uh, in case you wonder about Gonzalo Ramos, I'll catch you in the second half of that episode when I do the Benfica report. Uh, first off, Felgarve. You know, talking about Liga notes now from around the league was a beehive of activity, much like Lisbon is this weekend. Um, Benfica, Porto Sporting all played matches down there and did some form of stagio. We saw Al Nassad, Cristiano Ronaldo go down there. We saw Real Sociedad, Celta. We saw a few teams from England. So Algarve, again, congratulations. Those hotels in Algarve do a fantastic job of catering to these teams, and they've even built uh, soccer facilities so these teams could practice there. It's big money for them. You come for a week, you're going to take up like 40 rooms, you're going to eat in the hotel. Big money opportunities for those hotels, and they do a great job, a very, very good job. So Algarve, thumbs up for the good job. Moving on regarding other Liga news here in the first half of this episode, um, Liga and Supermarket Continent have signed a deal where they are going to be giving away, uh, selling, I should say, discounted tickets, some cases up to 50%. The only team that's not very happy with this setup is Vitoria Guimarães. Um, basically, they're not happy with the structure and how much their matches might cost with the discount. But I like this idea because I like the idea of the fact that, first off, and I think this is an important thing, you don't have to go to the stadium to buy tickets. You don't have to go online. Now you can go shopping. And you could buy a ticket to the local match. I think there's an era, there's a, a bit of a convenience in that. And let's be honest with you, everybody goes shopping for food and drinks and meats. Any potato chips, alcohol, where do people go? They go to the supermarkets. Very smart idea by the Liga. And I think as a result, uh, that was a very good move. So uh, if you're in continent and you're in Portugal and you see that promotion, take advantage of it. You're going to be paying at a much, much a cheaper price. Um, moving on, we saw a terrific uh, Twitter uh, post this week by Aroca. They were celebrating uh, their anniversary. I think it was the 125th. And the Pantera Negras, which is the supporter clubs, uh, a few years ago when I was at a, a, ma a preseason match of Boa Vista, I sat not too far from them and I got a chance to see them. And uh, they put on an incredible, an absolutely incredible light show. Great job by Boa Vista's creative department to uh, set it up with them. But uh, if you get a chance, go to Boa Vista's uh, Twitter. Uh, or I, you pretty much see it, I'm pretty sure, as well, on their Instagram account or Facebook. And go check out this show they did to help celebrate their anniversary. Uh, Familia Cone, uh, of course, this is the club. Has already made over $40 million since they were promoted five years ago, thanks to players like Pote and Ugart and... The many others, and uh, there's an opportunity perhaps to make even a little bit more money with Ivan Jaime. But um, they signed a 19-year-old Finnish player named Atso Limata for four years. So Benfica's got a few Nordic players on their team, like Shelderup. Uh, well, Familia Kong's getting into the business, signing one of Finland's younger players. I think that's very, very good. Uh, Turient, okay, so they were eliminated from the League Cup, but there are a lot of people that feel... And I think their kid is by Kappa. is probably the best kid in the first and second division. Um, I thought it was pretty nice when I saw it. So if you get an opportunity, go to Turiense's Instagram account and go check out their new uh, kid. I thought it looked uh, pretty, pretty good. Uh, Mangala. Remember Mangala? He played for Porto. And then I think he went to City. Well, he's back in Portugal uh, trying out for Estoril. Estoril went up north. I think they went up to the Guimarães area to do their uh, preseason uh, camp. 
And um, uh, Mangala is in Portugal trying to earn an opportunity with Estoril. I thought that was uh, pretty uh, surprising news. Uh, moving along here, let's talk about the international report before I break. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, 22 years in a row, scoring a goal. He scored a big goal for Al Nassar to help them qualify for the um, for one of uh, Asia's big club competitions. So he continues to do big things. Uh, João Felix has not played a minute yet in Atletico's uh, Asia Tour. And again, pay attention because if we get down to the last day of the transfer window, I think Benfica's got a shot to grab him on loan, although it'll be a little expensive. But I think João Felix, uh, again, among player abroad, is making news, but not for the right reasons. Rui Vitoria, remember our, our great manager from Benfica, Rui Vitoria, who was, I was never a big fan of? He said something this week that had a lot of people shaking their heads, and the comments in the comment section on social media were, were hilarious. But he says that winning the con in Africa is harder than winning the World Cup. Okay, Rui, I'm not even going to waste time with this. Whatever you say. Uh, Carlos Borges, Portuguese. Uh, he's a native of Sintra, uh, but has lived in England the last few years in City's uh, youth program. And he just got sold to Ajax. Uh, his name now is going to be Carlos Forbes, by the way, not Carlos Borges. I'm not really sure what that's about. But he goes to uh, Holland, where they already have Thiago Dantes, Conceição, uh, among the uh, players that are already Portuguese that have gone these last few years uh, to uh, play in uh, Holland. Andre Silva was loaned to Real Sociedad in Spain. And will it work out? We'll see. Andre Silva has shown sparks of brilliant scoring, but just hasn't been able to maintain it. And here he is moving on to another club. Uh, João Cancelo might be... Uh, looks like he might be making a move, which was reported about a month ago to Barcelona. I don't think there's room for him or, you know, he wouldn't have been loaned out to Bayern last year. But not bad for João Cancelo. Plays at Benfica, played at City, spent some time at Bayern. Now he's going to go to Barcelona. That's a person's dream, to be able to play for some of those uh, big, uh, big uh, clubs. And um, uh, Bermo Veloso, remember when he played for Sporting and then he left? Uh, there was talk at one time of him going to a big Premier League club. Well... He's been playing um, in Italy the last few years, and now he is still in Italy. He's playing for second division Pisa, which is also the club where Tumaja Stivs, uh, Porto selling him for $1 million for 70% of his rights. Tumaja Stivs is now with Veloso, and they're playing for second division in Italy. Uh, Pisa, a beautiful city there, and Tumaja Stivs is uh, going uh, to Italy. Uh, and that wraps up part one of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. Welcome back to part two of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. Uh, as I always do at this part of the episode, I just want to continue to say thank you for listening, whether it's for 10 minutes or the whole episode. Uh, continue to get uh, new followers. And again, it's just fun to come on here every week. This is my way to... Let things off, uh, you know, blow some steam, take some things off my chest and just give you my opinion on things. But also give you an idea what's going to be coming up, talk about what's happened in the past and as always. And again, if you want to support this uh, podcast, uh, please give it a follow on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Attic. The audio is also available on YouTube. And, of course, you've got the uh, website PortugueseSoccer.com or PeaceSoccer.com uh, as well to follow. And, again, thank you for all those. The hits 
just keep on uh, coming. Uh, I'm going to do a big three report and start off as well talking about uh, Braga. Uh, we'll also finish it up with uh, some more information on women's football. And then I'm going to have your comments about a tweet that I posted. I'm going to read out some of those comments. And I'm also going to answer some of your questions regarding Portuguese rights, which I know a lot of people have been asking for. And I got some great news at the very end of this episode for International Rights uh, TV, where you can watch it again in uh, North uh, America. But, um, well, first of all, let me just say that my top 10 last week, I gave you my top 10. You know, and I've changed this week to week, depending on what happens. Top 10 best transfers in Portugal. And taking into account the news of last week, uh, I only really made one change in my um, in my uh, changes here in terms of my top 10. And that is I put Nico Gonzalez in and I took out uh, Adrian Boots, uh, a striker for Vitoria Guimarães. So my top 10 so far transfer window signings for the league. I'm not talking about players that were sold. I'm talking about players that came into Portugal. Is uh, Kochu at number one, Bruma of Braga at number two, Fran Navarro of Porto at number three, Angel Di Maria at Benfica at number four, the Swedish striker Goyerks of, of Sporting at number five. I am moving in Nico Gonzalez to replace Vitoria Guimarães Books um, at number six. Henrik uh, Raj, I really like that signing for Fama. He comes in at number seven. Uh, number eight is Tumaj Rivero. Unfortunately, uh, not a great night for Guimarães, but I still think his move from Grasshopper's Europe. Uh, great player for Belenenses for a few years. I still think he's number eight. José Font coming back into Portugal. Uh, old news uh, happened last week. He is number nine. And um, the other player is Zalazar. Uh, the Uruguayan player for Braga. So Braga's got about, uh, what, three players in the top ten. Um, and again, the big change that I made last week is I took out Adrian Bootsk and I put in Nico Gonzalez, um, in my opinion, as uh, the sixth best signing in Portugal. And there's going to be more changes. There's more to come. Don't you worry about it. Uh, Ronnie Lopes does not make my top ten. He's a great player, but not that great that I think he makes uh, the uh, top ten. But let me start off with one of the questions that I asked in the headline for this podcast, and that is, is Braga ready to be a contender? And my question is, is yes. Um, we've seen Braga in the past be tough against Porto. We've seen them, especially the way they played against Benfica last year, beating them several times. But they were blown away by Sporting. And But Braga still finished third, sending Sporting in fourth place to the Europa League. And what I love about what Braga has done this offseason is they've managed to sign players, well, some of them on a free, some of them not expensive, but basically signing players that still want that taste of Champions League and have that hunger. And I and I think as much as we need good managers and as much as you need good players, you also need players that are hungry. That players that know that they've been given an incredible opportunity by Braga to play in the Champions League or try to qualify for the Champions League. And you look at what Braga has done so far. Ronnie Lopes, again, some people consider him a disappointment, but I think at Braga it's a great situation. Josef Font, again, he might be at the downside of his career. But look at his experience. He won a Euro. He won in France. Fantastic move, and that's why he's in my top 10. Uh, Bruma was bought for $6.5 and he has been very good for uh, Braga. 
Rodrigo Salazar, young Uruguayan international. If he continues to progress, he can make this club a lot of money. I really like that. Vitor Carvalho came over, I think if it's very cool, from Gil Vicente. Only cost $2 million. Adrian Madden only cost a half a million. Vitor Gomez only cost $2 million. And then, of course, they got a very good defender in the Yekat for $1.8 million. And Braga, by the way, they were also rumored... But it was quickly, if I recall, I think Ojogo quickly uh, dis, dis, uh, discarded it, saying they looked into it and it wasn't true. But I think João Moutinho was even reported with uh, Braga. And that would have been awesome for uh, to have a player with his experience playing for Braga in Champions League qualification and a group stage. Uh, but apparently, as I press record on this and drop it, that is not the truth. So, uh, look, they didn't sell Ricardo Huerta. Give President Salvador a lot of credit. He is still there. You know he wants to play in the Champions League. He wants to do a little bit more. Um, this is just some really a very good team. Uh, but if they're going to win in the Liga, they have to have good success against all the big three. They can't be blown away. They have to, they have to win all their matches outside the big three, and they have to take away points from the big three. And I think that's the biggest thing uh, with Braga. But I think if you're Braga, you got to be very excited. This is the most exciting, I think, that people have been with Braga since they made it to that Europa League final that year where they played Porto in Dublin. This is a very good opportunity for Braga to do the very, very uh, special uh, things. Uh, moving on for the Big Three report, of course, you've heard the stories about Gonzalo Ramos. Uh, latest report is he'll go on loan because for financial fair play reasons with PSG, they don't necessarily want to buy him up right now, but it'll be an obligation to pay later. So... Is it really a loan if later on they have to buy him? I don't know. It's like being a lawyer and you get asked these questions on the lawyer test. Like, is this really a loan if he winds up getting sold or he has to be bought by you? It's just one of those things that lawyers play around with. And here, he's still going to go to uh, PSG. Benfica's still going to get their money in some fashion, maybe not necessarily right away. And this becomes a very big move for a PSG. It's a good move for Gonzalo Ramos. That's what Portuguese players dream of. They dream of going to a big club in Europe. But much like Fabio Silva, Andre Silva, Gonzalo Guedes, the many players that have gone, you know, have left Portugal, uh, especially players that were expected to score a lot of goals and necessarily haven't in other places, it's going to be a lot of pressure on him to perform. And that's the problem is you don't have a lot of... You don't have a lot of room to make mistakes when you go to play for a PSG. We've seen Vitinha do very well with PSG, but Vitinha is not expected to be a gold scorer. But every time he scores, it just adds to the value of what he brings to PSG. But when you're Gonzalo Ramos, you're expected to score a lot of goals, and I think that's what we have to see. So uh, I talked about it last week that things got a little quiet with Gonzalo. Well, here it is. Nothing quiet about it anymore. Uh, Benfica, of course, getting ready for the Super Cup next Wednesday, 2045 in Aveiro. Again, you can watch it on RTP International outside of Portugal if you get that uh, channel. Uh, but a lot of Benfica fans are a little nervous. Benfica has lost uh, two preseason matches in a row. Uh, it's not, you know, I think people are just used to the W's with uh, Roger Schmidt. But let's not forget toward the end of the last season, Benfica lost some matches. Okay, so it's preseason. Who cares? What's the big deal? But nevertheless, a very big match next week for Benfica, the first trophy of the season. And you know very well that this means a lot to Rui Costa. It'll help justify the money they've spent. 
And, you know, for Pinto de Costa, even though they haven't necessarily gone to the market big, I mean, they did get two very, by the way, two very good players, and Nico Gonzalez and Fran Navarro. But I know for Porto, of course, uh, after having seen Benfica win the Liga, I remember Porto last year won three of the four trophies. Benfica wants to continue to do that. And, by the way, if, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll talk about Conceição in a minute here with uh, Porto. Uh, and one other note about Benfica, Martin Neto. Uh, was loaned to Gil Vicente. Um, he didn't want to, the story I heard is that he didn't want to play on the B team, that he wants to get more minutes. And obviously playing for a first division club in Gil Vicente is a fantastic uh, move. Sporting. Um, I don't understand Schermitti being sold. It reminds me of Fabio Silva uh, or Andre Silva when he was sold quickly. Um, I don't get it. Um, the stories are 15 million plus objectives. Uh, this kid could very well be worth 40 or 50 million if he stays another year um could this be money i think so in my opinion for whatever it's worth whatever it's worth i just think it has to do about finances that they have to sell uh more players but um i'm surprised at this this is could have been one of the really good players and again much like Gonzalo ramos you're going to expect even though maybe it won't be the top forward um, you know, with regards to uh, moving on to England at uh, your new club. But at the end of the day, it is an opportunity for you to show your stuff. And that's the problem when you uh, people get players from Portugal is they want results right away. They want to see those highlights. So we'll see what Schermitti does if he, in fact, is sold. Uh, Paulinho, uh, a lot of people felt should have been sold instead. Uh, he apparently turned down offers from Saudi Arabia and Russia. Uh, and, uh, of course, Martin Haljum is apparently the latest player being mentioned to replace Ugart. Uh, he plays for Lecce, but apparently Fiorentina and AC Milan are also in the mix for him. Uh, AC Milan is eyeing him to replace. So uh, if it turns they get into a bidding war, then I think you say Sporting, you might see Sporting back out. But right now, Sporting is still in the hunt to get this uh, Danish uh, player uh, that plays for Lecce in uh, in the Syria, and of course, Sotoris last summer. Sotoris came from I think it was Panathinaikos. A lot of news stories about him. A lot of stories. A lot of sporting fans getting excited. Uh, every time he puts something on Twitter, everybody just goes crazy over it. Well, only played something like thirteen matches. Hasn't worked out. Now he's going back to Greece, and he's going to play for the rival Olympiakos and go on loan. I think uh, Olympiacos has a $4 million option uh, to buy him. So this move hasn't necessarily worked out. But I think we saw some reports last year at the beginning of camp when he joined that there were some people that were very underwhelmed by him. Yeah, I think that was uh, the uh, big story. Uh, Porto, getting back to the Super Cup, Conceição has won three Super Cups. If he wins next Wednesday, he will be the Portuguese manager with the most Super Cups in history. Uh, Boa Vista's left back Bruno Onochachi is also on uh, Porto's uh, radar. Of course, Porto had a very good week with Nico Gonzalez, their second big reinforcement after um, getting a Fran Navarro. And of course, Porto is eyeing, of course, the first trophy of the season uh, next uh, Wednesday. Uh, but Porto uh, finally got their second player. Will they pick up Boa Vista's? We will see. And obviously, the big talk. And again, I think Porto's advantage in the Super Cup is they've got a lot of players that have been playing together for a very long time, and I think that's going to be a very, very uh, big um, advantage. Um, women's football, like I talk about at uh, this time, uh, 1.1 million people 
watched Portugal-Vietnam. I don't have the uh, numbers for the USA game. But Portugal uh, versus the USA game in New Zealand had the biggest crowd at the World Cup so far as I uh, drop uh, this episode. 42,958. Uh, so I just wanted to mention that, uh, you know, and the Women's Liga, they had their draw and their league will be starting up. I believe it's next month. Plenty of time to uh, talk about that as uh, well. Uh, let me also basically talk about quickly, of course, next week. Um, we are going to have the first week uh, of the Liga BetClick, the new sponsor. Everything gets going next Friday. Braga, Familia Cone. Four matches next Saturday. Gil Vicente, Portimonense, Feidense, Casapia, Sporting, Vizela. Three matches on Sunday with Rio Ave, Chaves, Estrela Amadora, Vitoria, and Roca contra Estrela Praia. And then on Monday, everything finishes with Morenense taking on Porto and Boa Vista going to Benfica. And again, people ask me, which match should I go to? I always say, take the opportunity to go to Braga, Familia Cone on a, a Friday. Tough week for Braga. They got to play the Champions League and then they open up at home against Familia Cone, which I don't think will be a, a very, uh, very easy uh, match in uh, my uh, opinion. As I wrap up here, let me talk about uh, your questions to me via email or DM on uh, Twitter. And let me also talk about uh, TV rights. First off, I contacted uh, Nino Torres. Uh, Nino, of course, with Gold TV in North America. And yes, Gold TV, especially in the States, will again be broadcasting another season of Portuguese uh, football, uh, Liga BetClick. Uh, what's great about them is not only do they broadcast sometimes three to five games every weekend, but they also replay a lot of those matches during the week. So Gold TV, again, I've had a lot of people ask me here, uh, for the United States, and I believe that's also the case in Canada with streaming, Gold TV is broadcasting uh, the games. Um, I was also, uh, b bad news by the way, in France, I do have some French followers, looks like uh, the uh, sports channel there, um, RMC Sport, is uh, decided against not broadcasting the Liga BetClick this upcoming season, they decided against it, maybe it's economics, I don't know. There are a lot of Portuguese in France, people. A lot of Portuguese in France, and this is going to be a big a blow to them. Um, this news came out on Thursday afternoon. It was reported by the very big French uh, newspaper Le Keep. Um, this is big news in France that the Portuguese won't be able to watch the Liga Bet Click. Now, for everybody outside of Portugal, if you get RTP International, RTP Africa, the Liga, as I understand it, and by the way, if I'm wrong any, about any of this, please do correct me. Uh, RTP International will be showing one match per week. We still don't know who they're going to be showing in week one, but they are showing the Super Cup. So if you want to watch the Super Cup, make sure you get RTP International. I don't know if you're in any country and you go on RTP's website whether or not they'll show it. I don't know if they're going to necessarily show it that way, streaming, but... If I were you, wherever part of the world you are, next Wednesday, go to RTP's website and try to see if they're streaming the game there on RTP1. If they do, that means it is allowed in uh, your uh, territory. Uh, but I think that's uh, very big news. So I wanted to just basically follow up because I had gotten a lot of questions um, about that. Um, I asked a question, and a lot of you responded. And I said, after the Vitoria loss, what has happened to Portuguese clubs in Europe? What needs to change? And 
Uh, I'm looking at this. Uh, it's only been up for like an hour, uh, hour and a half. So unfortunately, by the time I drop record on this, there's probably going to be a lot more comments. But let me read some of the viewer comments uh, in terms of the people that answered this uh, Twitter question. And uh, I'll start off with uh, Kevin uh, N-I-V-E-K-S-L-B. Uh, -E I believe Kevin is from Montreal. Yes. Uh, these smaller clubs blank the bed. I'm not going to say what that word is for the Portuguese coefficient. Uh, got to agree. Uh, Gore, Vidal, Brugin. Vitoria shouldn't be a smaller club, though. They have been a big, great club, but they should be at least a constant lock for fifth every year. In a lot of ways, they're big, but certainly they were not big that night. Um, moving on to some other companies. Jack Hacken. I wonder if this is the person that when I was reporting the news about Ueda, that Sporting was eyeing him, he kept uh, writing in their comments that no, 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 that he was going to already agree to go to Holland. Well, you are right if you are, in fact, the person. Uh, but he responds to Portuguese clubs in Europe. Twent was in a similar position to that at Guimarães, but they scored when it counted. I just think these Portuguese teams in the Conference League, just like any recent experience in Europe, or refuse to adapt to their opponents and just get outmatched in a tactical sense. Uh, Mr. Benfica, Mike Augustino, responded to him, and he said, uh, hello, uh, Mike. I think it comes down to the poor style and tactics they rely on domestically don't translate well to Europe. The standard in the Liga is very low. It doesn't take too much to finish sixth. That's why we're losing the sixth spot. Look at the table. Fifth place finished 20 points behind fourth place. It's a good note. I didn't realize that. Um, Justin M., um, he basically says, when asked about Guimaraes, nothing happened. We've always been a four-team league, and now there's a brand-new competition that forces the fifth and sixth place to compete. And they can't. From uh, Justin M. Nelson Carvalho, lack of money, which causes the fifth and sixth place teams to sell their entire team that got them into Europe and then start from scratch with a new team. Nelson, that is exactly what I've been saying all summer. Good job there. Paulo, Paul Sergio, always got a good opinion. Sometimes uh, very strong, doesn't like some of my tweets. It's our refs. The refs have killed the game in Portugal, so much so that when they play in Europe, they can't compete unless the ref is blowing his whistle for every touch. Nicholas Valadon, they need to pretend they are playing against Benfica. That way they give it 100%. There's a little job right there. Uh, legacy football fan, play ball, start man stop managing games. Um, and then FCP1992 responds to him saying, goes deeper than that, share TV rights, support local football, encourage private ownership of the clubs you can. The league is in a big decline, and unless serious leadership is taken, it won't be uh, too soon. Mark my words before they continue to drop. Uh, Josh, the only play when it's against Benfica, they play like it's their last match, then crumble against unknown teams, typical. And then they want the centralization of TV rights. So those were some of the comments that people had about losing the way Guimaraes has been eliminated and... Um, so I wanted to uh, pass uh, those comments along. Anyway, folks, uh, been talking here a long time. I'm going to wrap up episode 182. Again, thank you for listening, whether it's for 10 minutes or for the full, in this case, 42, 43 minutes. Uh, please support uh, if you wish to. Uh, again, follow this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, Podcast Attic. Uh, it's also available on uh, YouTube and, of course, PortugueseSoccer.com, uh, the website. And as always... As always, I like to say, and I really mean it, please enjoy these games next week. We hope for a better week for Portuguese teams. And, of course, take care of your families. And I'll talk to you next week. Ciao, everybody. Mm -hmm.